Welcome listeners, it's the MPO Sports Podcast. We've got the two MMA fans on, which is myself, Tim, and Woody. How are you, Woody? I'm going all right. It's been a while since we've uh, managed to get ourselves together. Certainly is, um, and we didn't even worry about um, Mr. Wharf on this one because um, he's busy dealing with um, fourth-class citizens at uh, what used to be known as the Wendery Village in Ballarat. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, no comment. Interesting. Um, just before we get into what we're going to discuss on this episode, I was looking at a Facebook post and they've named the goats of all sports and things like that. And you've got a lot of people from the subcontinent trying to say Tendulkar was better than Bradman and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, the same fool that did the original post has referred to the sport or the art form that we all love called MMA as UFC yet again. And um, it was interesting declaring that John Jones is the goat of it, which interesting considering the guy hasn't stepped in an octagon for three years. Um, Yeah. So the thing is though, like these lists are always going to pop up and people are going to have their own opinions. Um, But for me though, like, Obviously, you're going to go with GSP. I'm probably going to agree with you, um, but I'll probably say that Mighty Mouse is worth a mention as well. Um, as soon as you refer to the sport of MMA as UFC, you've just lost credibility. So what you say from that point on is actually redundant. Because you've just so shown too. yourself out to to know very little about it. If you can't even get the name of the sport correct... That's um, right. That's yeah, right. You're probably probably don't have much of a grounding to to quote your expertise. And on top of that, if, in my opinion, if you're in that field of MMA and you're trying to do the, the GOAT discussion, Silver's automatically out of it because he's had issues with PEDS, all right? John Jones is out of the discussion because he's had issues with PEDS. Why do they continually keep bringing them up? So it's yet yeah, they'll talk about cycling. They'll be into um, Lance Armstrong because he got done for PEDS. But then they'll <laughs> they'll mention two names in MMA that have been done for PEDS. Where, where do you draw yeah. the line, you know? <clears throat> so funny you bring up Lance Armstrong because we put up a post about that yesterday. It's been 10 years since his confession. Um, so, yeah. But it is an interesting, interesting um, just or counterpoint that you bring up because <clears throat> I – well, I'll go off on a tangent here. With the Lance Armstrong thing, I think it's actually not too, that bad because everyone was dirty. So it's still a level playing field. I, I actually made a comment on that with, um, on that post that you did just while you're on that. Um, do they ever consider what he what he'd already had to go through before he made it back with the cancer and things like that as well in the equation before they just completely um, black ban him in the goat discussion? Yeah, that that's correct. He actually he won he won a world championship when he was not on the gear as well, mm-hmm. um, but. At, at the time, um, it was a free-for-all with doping. So if if no one's on drugs, it's a level playing field. If everyone's on drugs, it's still a level playing field, I would have thought. But back to your point about Jones and Silver, yep. um, yeah, they were they were both on it um, and their opponents weren't. So that then does. Yeah. So yeah, it does. You do have a strong case for counting them out straight away. Oh, and for me too, um, about the worst people can throw about um, GSP is 
Um, I think over, wasn't it over some rub or some crap like that is the only thing they've ever accused him of? Too much Vaseline or some yeah. rubbish? Yeah, but um, you remember when he when he stepped away initially? Yeah. Um, that was because he He's... was worried about too many guys taking taking um, <laughs> testosterone and all this sort of stuff. Well, that was on the back of him scraping in with a split decision win over um, Johnny Hendricks. Hendricks, and funny enough, you got to ask your question: Was it only scraping through because he was juiced up? Because not long well, after that, he got caught. That's... <clears throat> That's that's a big reason why he said he stepped away because he was never too sure about who was fighting clean and who was fighting dirty, and um, Mark Hunt's obviously <clears> been through all of that <throat> stuff. And have, well, so exactly, and having I think watched, the sports cleaned itself up now, they've um, they've changed the laws. Yeah, but I, talking about the Mark Hunt, I had the pleasure of watching his documentary on um, Prime Video app, and um, it also takes in some of the Brock Lesnar issues. And um, to me, probably two of the best characters, when I mean characters as in a great character, strong character in MMA, was Mark Hunt and GSP when it come to anti the drugs. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm yet to see that Mark Hunt documentary, but, um, yeah, I'll get around to it one day. He's um, He's been a strong, strong advocate of... Um, of no <clears throat> performance enhancing drugs, and it's the tides turned recently in the last five years, anyway, with the UFC and that sort of stuff. So they used to allow the hormone treatment and all that, but they don't anymore. So Mark Hunt may have been, and, and GSP may have been catalysts for that, which is only a good thing. I think. Mark- that, I think there's there's some sports where the the advantages, I suppose, um, and the safety element for your opponents um, is somewhat lessened <clears throat> with with certain drugs and whatever. But um, when it comes to some combat sports, the ramifications and the advantages are pretty <clears throat> massive, aren't they? Well, probably more so than even boxing, MMA, because of the five-minute rounds. So you're in there for a fair bit of time, aren't you? So... It- if you're getting an advantage um, cardio-wise because of what you're pumping into yourself, that could be significant over a five-round match. Yeah, that's right. We're talking we're talking about non-contact sports. So even if you know you're talking about swimming or you know to a lesser extent um, soccer and these sorts of things, where the the contact is non-existent or minimal, um, you're really only looking at a strength and power advantage it's not going to physically hurt your opponent but the combat sport it obviously is and and in a combat sport where we you know you know the old saying roid rage um considering you're already belting each other that's not having your mind 100 percent is quite dangerous yeah that's right so as i said the ramifications for it are are a lot bigger in um combat sports than than others just before we or move cycling, on, cycling. If we want to, yeah. If, if we want to go back to the Lance Armstrong thing, like yeah, fair enough. It's cheating, but you're not actually putting <clears throat> your opponents at um, fit in physical danger, are you? No, hundred percent. And just before we move on from that subject, um, I actually think the Mark Hunt taking it to court has probably blown more wind up them than even GSP, who is arguably the greatest, um, because there was and still is a little bit of potential of it costing him some dollars. So. 
that's probably helped them speed up the process somewhat, I reckon. But I'm, I'm <coughs> all for anyone who's going to um, take the UFC or Dana White or, you know, anyone involved with them to court and straighten them out because, well, it's no secret my thoughts on Dana White. So anything that's going to put them on notice is a good thing. Yeah, 100%. And um, let, let's be brutally honest. The sport failed Mark Hunt anyway because they had rules. So that's about as far as that goes. Uh, but um, yeah, that that may have been an advantage for his opponents. I, I think so. But, so um, Tim, so Tim mentioned before um, about the Mark Hunt documentary. Um, if you're a fan of MMA or even combat sports or whatever, obviously check that out. Like I will. But also check out Mark Hunt's book. It's uh, very interesting. He came from uh, as far as societal advantages. Uh, he came from a long way back to get where he was. So and he's got a very, very good story. The doco, I think um, the foundation of it is based on the book. So if you're not into reading books, if you've got an hour and a half to two hours up your sleeve, you're better off to watch the, um, I believe the book's always better, but if you're not into reading books, definitely watch the doco, which goes for 80 to between 80 and a hundred minutes of um, documentary. But while you're on there on um, Amazon Prime's Prime Video app, there's also the Michael Bispin doco, which is worth watching as well. Uh, yeah, I'm keen to get my hands on his book as well, so I'll be sure to do that at some point too. And yet again, the doco starts from early years as well, so it's I'd say both are based around the book. So moving on to what we've decided to discuss today, um, we we originally um, prompted this from Woody sending me an inbox saying, did I want to get together and um, talk a little bit of MMA? And the first... Um, point of discussion is Iganu's um, walking away from the UFC, which is a promotion, not a sport. <laughs> uh, thanks for clearing that up. Um, uh, yeah, so he's obviously not contracted to the UFC anymore and not surprisingly, when it did happen, Dana came out and said, oh, we offered him money and he didn't want to take it and he's an idiot, blah, blah, blah. And this is why one of the reasons that um, myself and Tim have waited to do this episode is you've got to let the dust settle a bit rather than just, just jump on um, when things initially happen. Um. So Dana come out and had his say, um, and then Francis the, come out a couple of days later through his management and said it's not about the money. What he wanted was sponsorship, health insurance, and fire mm. advocates um, to help them at the negotiation table. So I think Francis stepping away from this is probably going to give fighters a lot more leverage because the UFC can't afford to have champions not signing new contracts. Because you um, always, you always know, I was going to say, you're always going to, even as the next fighter on the list to get the title after he vacates it, the question mark's always going to be, could he have beaten Iganu? 
Well, <clears throat> and that's a thing too because if if Garnet beats Jones, and we'll get to that fight in a minute, but if Garnet beats Jones, um, will he be an illegitimate <clears throat> champion? Seeing as how um, he his second to last fight was a loss to Engano for the strap, so. Um, we're in a position now where the best heavyweight on the planet is not contracted to the UFC. Um, and I actually hope that if this if this continues on, um, more fighters will do what Francis has done. Um, um, the, the other thing, though, Woody, is too, um, that can be questioned about this, this um, fight is um, should Jones, after three years out, automatically get a... Uh, with his track record of heads and that, should he automatically get a title fight? Um, probably not, but we know that Dana likes to... Um, <clears throat> oh, I might keep this PG, actually, rather than say what I was going to say. We know that Dana has his favourites and caters to them. So is it surprising that Jones is stepping straight into a title fight? No, it's not. Yeah, I can understand when a when you organise a champ versus champ fight like the Volkanovski one against Islam. I understand that he's got runs on the board in the division down, so yeah, I understand that. But John Jones has got no runs on the board that are what you would call the substance for three years. Plus, you had the clouds before that, so I I really find it very hard to have an argument for him to be in that fight. But unfortunately, Dana's a dictator, and that he's in the fight. Um, yeah, that's right. And you can sort of understand if, you know, John, even if uh, if John Jones had been active, um, you could make a case for it. Even if he'd never had a heavyweight fight and, you know, he'd had another three or four light heavyweight title defences, as long as he was active, um, you could understand why it's happened. That's the champ-champ thing, yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's right. But without being active... Um, or a title holder in another division. It doesn't make sense. But then again, Dana does what Dana wants. And until until people start to stand up to him like Francis Ngannou has, I don't think things are going to change. I mean, Francis is lucky that um, the um, alleged criminal, um, Cain Velasquez, um, had a lot of injury troubles because... I still believe if he hadn't had all those injury problems, we wouldn't have seen all of these other guys as champion of the heavyweight division. No, we wouldn't. And um, I know you're steadfast in your belief that GSP is the GOAT, but if we had a, a non-injured Kane Velasquez for the last five years, even you'd be tempted to change your mind, I'd reckon. Uh, probably not, but um, I, I certainly think he would be the out-and-out um, heavyweight goat for sure. If he hadn't and, had the injury, and issues. just on that, he's actually he's actually out of jail now. So let's see what comes of that. There's a lot of um, fellow inmates that would be glad to see the tail end of him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm. I don't imagine you, you can imagine that in any prison situation, there's guys that want to make heroes of themselves. Yep. Um, but I can't imagine taking on Kane Velasquez <laughs> in an enclosed space would be a smart idea. Yeah, probably. Even that's where he does his best work. Probably the only guy that I would back in a no rules situation against him would be Hunt. But um, other than that, I would find it hard to, with no rules to um, bet against him. Yeah. Because yeah, let's, I want to go back to the. 
Go for it. I want to go back to the Francis and Garno <clears throat> thing. So, and this has been a thing for a long time. So, there's no fighters union. Um, and love him or hate him, um, Jake Paul's a big, big advocate of getting a <clears throat> fighters union for the um, UFC <clears throat> fighters. Um, yep. You may think he's a dickhead or a wanker or whatever, but he actually calls Dana out on his bullshit every single time. <clears throat> and Dana um, then forced- and he's actually he's actually just signed for PFL as well. <clears throat> and Dana's also very quick to get on the front foot and twist what he um, what um, Jake Paul said to try and um, well, come up roses. Not just Jake Paul with everyone, <clears throat> like as I mentioned before. As soon as the um, negotiations broke down and they let Ingano become a free agent, Dana started talking shit about him, saying, oh, he's not a drawer anyway. He doesn't sell fights. Um, we offered him all this money and he said no. Um, and as I said before, this is why we like to hold fire on stuff like this because you want to wait for everything to play out. And Ingano would have signed for less money if... The fighters were allowed to have sponsors if health insurance was part of the deal, um, if they had advocates or a union who could help negotiate. And the UFC's response to that was, we don't do business that way. So as Tim said before, that just proves that Dana runs a dictatorship. And, and the other thing on I've that said is... It many, many times, I've said it many times, the UFC and MMA would be nowhere as big as it is today without Dana White. However... He's now, the, for the last five years, he's been the one thing holding it back. He's passed his longer he's day. there, that's right. Don't don't underestimate what he's done previously to get it from the doldrums and the underground to the mainstream. <clears throat> he was essential for that. However, right now, he is the biggest thing holding it back and holding the fighters back. Yeah, and um, just... Just before we move on from that, he's almost become what Vince McMahon has to um, the pro wrestling or sports entertainment area. He's, he's really past his use by date, and um, it's time to move on and um, explore. And the, the difference is, though, <clears throat> Vince has recognised that now, though, hasn't he? Well, yes and no, because this whole selling um, the actual promotion is actually an angle to try and get back into creative. So I don't necessarily think that is correct that, that, that might be something for you and jeremy to discuss one day <clears throat> well yeah jeremy and i are planning on trying to do something in about a month's time we want to plan it properly and make sure we've done our research and again <clears throat> that's right and again what i said before this is why when stuff like this happens you see a lot of other podcasts and whatever they they do an instant reaction or emergency pods um but let the dust settle a little bit let the picture become a bit clearer Get your research done, and then you can give a, a more informed view. Hundred percent. So um, let's move on. Now we've got um, also listed to discuss the Jones versus Gain, um, Garn Gain, whatever you want to pronounce it. Fight. Um, now that is that part of the UFC card you were just talking about before. Yeah, so that's that's two eight UFC two eighty five. So that's on March fifth our time in Australia. Um, I'm not sure. Um, they're trying to put together a really big card for that, actually. not a, It hasn't been finalised yet, but they're looking at having um, potentially three title fights, I'd heard on that. Um, but 
Now, as I said, that's not been finalised yet. There's only about four fights that have been set for that one, but it's obviously going to going to centre around Jones and Garner, which um, yeah, we might have a have a more in depth view of that closer closer to the date. But yeah, so look, looking at the main card they got listed at the moment, they have got Brunson versus D Palicius or whatever whatever they pronounce it. Yep. Duplessis, yeah. sorry, yep. You've got uh, Nicole versus Pickett. So this this nickel Bo nickel, I believe he's only seventeen or eighteen years <clears> old as well. So um, you've then got Neil versus oh geez, what's what's this chap's name? Rachmanov. <laughs> How do you pronounce Ra- that one? Rachmanov. Rachmanov. There you go. And then you have got the Jones and Garn fight. And it wouldn't be it wouldn't <laughs> be a uh, a NPO UFC pod without. Tim just making an absolute mess of pronouncing someone's name. Yeah, but Borussia Mooch and Gladbach are going quite well. Anyway. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'll, I'll... Uh, even you managed to, to get that in there, so I'm quite proud of you. And, and pronounced correctly too. Google's pronunciation um, functions very good on that one. So um, <clears throat> I guess we, we've discussed the Jones scenario a little bit. Um, but then we've also got, which must be the fight night, is it? Which fight? one's that? I'm just trying to think. Um, we've had overnight Smith. Um, um, oh, Smith missing, Smith missing weight. So I'm just, I'm just trying yeah. to work out what so card that is. That's UFC 283, which is tomorrow our time. Okay, yes, because that is the Teixeira versus Hill fight that he was the backup for. Now, um, a lot of people have been getting stuck into him, probably because he works as a um, commentator as well and has an analyst and has opinions. And he's probably in the limelight a bit more. And he's actually very good on Michael (coughs) Wisping's podcast as well. Yeah, and I I actually quite like the chap. I think he's an honest sort of bloke. Um, He might be a little bit inflated at his own current abilities, but what fighter isn't? Um, oh, but, so if you don't, if you don't think you're the best, then you've got no business being in that ring, do you? No, that's right. So what I was going to say is, um, all these people saying oh, he, he bags people for missing weight, blah blah blah. He was the backup fighter, and as Frank Drebin used to say, nothing to see here. Please disperse, because to me, it's nothing. Yes, he hasn't made weight, but he was the backup fighter. He weighed two oh nine the first time. Then two hundred six point five the second time to try and make two hundred five. He's the backup fighter. Who cares? There hasn't been anyone pull out of the main event, so does it matter? And I don't think he had a full fight camp either. I think he's taken this on short notice. Hundred percent. And who's to say? If, um, I was going to say who's to say. I know they don't normally do this, but who's to say if one of them pulls out, and on the morning of the fight they weighed him and he was the right weight. Yeah, they won't do that though. That's always the day before. But yeah, they just make it a catch weight fight or a non-title. Yeah, but but that's yeah, the, just make it a non-title fight. I know they don't do that, but that's the ridiculousness of it. Because yes, he's two hundred and six point five. But let's say he got called up, and we know very well the other two once have weighed in, they're piling on the weight again. So he still could be lighter than the guy he's fighting anyway. Yeah, that's right. No, that, <clears throat> oh, we could go on all day about the the um, the. Uh, the advantages or more so disadvantages of um, of the weight cutting and all that sort of stuff as well. But um, 
Hill and Teixeira is going ahead, so it's all redundant, really, isn't it? 100%. Who do you fancy? What are your thoughts on... Oh, sorry, I was going to say, what are your your thoughts on having a backup fighter? I see the pluses of it, but this is an example of the cons of it because... Yeah, that's right. I think if if you're going to have the backup fighter, he needs to be signed as the backup fighter the same day that that... Yep. That fight is signed off on because he needs to have the same amount of time. And the thing is with this too, that like they actually get paid their show money. So whatever their contract is, whether they fight or not, they still get paid. There you go. So so that's a good thing. Um, But yeah, I think they need to be given that same amount of time to prepare for the fight or for the weight cut um, as, as the other two fighters. Well, look, due to the fact that we've got about three minutes left and I think we've covered most bases, unless you've got something else, maybe we should um, just quickly pick the winner of the fight. Um, I'm going with Teixeira. And how does he do it? Submission? Um, I think that's probably his best bet, yeah. I'm going to go with submission round four. All right. I'll go with on points over the five rounds and Tashira. So you're you're with Tashira as well. But I'm saying it's going to go the distance is my guess. Yeah, well, his his last fight almost went the distance. He got got tapped out um, with only 30 seconds Mm -hmm. left. So we know he can go the distance. Um, all right, and just I just scrolled down the, some of the other fights on the main event just before we go because time is elapsing. I just I'm just interested. Um, Paul Craig versus Johnny Walker because Johnny Walker is a bit of a crowd favourite. Who do you pick in that one? Um, I'm going with Paul Craig because uh, Johnny Walker he um, he's popped a couple of really big knockouts <clears throat> um, in his la- in the last few years so. Um, one, two, three. Yeah, he's three couple of big knockouts. There was uh, the one Corey Anderson and then Jamal Hill as well. Um, last year, um, he's he burst onto the scene, but I think he's in danger of just fading away now. Is he is he another uh, is he a potential becoming a new age cowboy? Um, no, probably. Uh, Without the title, I think it's probably more like um, Junior Dos Santos. He never really recovered and hasn't been the same fighter since those couple of big beatings that he took from Velasquez. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think he, um, yeah, those those big knockouts have taken their toll, I think, and he's not quite been the same fighter that that burst onto the scene a few years ago. No worries. All right, well, just on that, um, I think it's time to go because we've hit one minute and um, I think we've got a fair bit in for all the MMA fans. So it's going to be a hooroo from me. Uh, yep, and from me as well. So thanks for tuning in. And we'll thank Josh Watson and Zaggy too for all their sweet work. 